Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. That kid is back on the escalator again. Leave it alone. What? Comics. What are you? I'm Batman. TV and movies. Wrestling. Oh, no. Music. We are just Finally, a podcast about things you actually care about, hosted by a couple of guys who actually care about those things, too. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Maybe a little too much. Yes, that's awesome. The talented one, Chris Machete. That no-talent ass clown became famous. And Brenton, you know, that guy from your other favorite podcast. I liked it. I was good at it. So grab onto the handrail and don't let go. This is the Kids on the Escalator podcast. Here's CM and BD. We are here, hanging out and uh, ready to rock. So uh, what we've been doing for our friends just tuning in now, all four of you that are watching, uh, we've been been doing a lot of reviews for uh, The Mandalorian up to this point. We've been doing a little bit of wrestling talk. We've been doing some uh, general interest, music, all the rest of it. So that's all kind of what's been happening mike pongratz is along for the ride there he is my my weekly stint this is exciting i enjoy this i'm really it's 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 very cool to sort of nerd out for you know uh, an hour or so and 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 talk this stuff because again not a lot of people want to listen to me drone on about you know useless star wars knowledge and we do man we do that's why we started the show yeah well i know and it's interesting um my wife carolyn this was the first week that she was like eh was like, okay we're gonna watch mandalorian tonight eh i've already lost interest i'm like Uh-oh. what <laughs> and part of the argument was what we talked about is that it just seems like they're doing the same stuff every week. Like mm-hmm. he flies to this planet. Here's something to do. Go to the next planet. Here's and it's the same thing. So I'm I'm interested because you know she she was pretty hardcore into the first season, mm-hmm. uh, and she's not like a an uber Star Wars nerd, but she knows Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And if if that fan is getting a sense that there's a little too much repetition going on, I'm I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous that it's a trend that might sort of lead down what I like to think of as the walking dead path where there's a lot well, of we covered that in the first we covered that yeah. in the first one about how it could possibly go there. But before we go any further, two yeah, things. I've got the same glasses yeah, as Mike, so I'm pulling yeah, look at that. I'm, I'm pulling mine off. I'm going I'm going no glasses oh. today. Yeah, that's I was trying right, to figure out which look... one of your hair looks better, man. You guys both that's right. Like, what do you do? Right? Well, I just kind of rolled out. Uh, I don't even anyways, have any before we on. get into the Mandalorian, yes. Chris Machete had an adventurous weekend. What happened this weekend? I did, man. man. Well, I was drywalling this weekend. Uh, I was, it was one of those things that I was going to get somebody to come in and drywall for me before the, you know, the COVID hit and everything. And then COVID hit, and it's like, hey, this would be a good adventure for me. I've just been drywalling. I built my old music school back in Port Perry when I was a lot younger. <laughs> Realized that out quick. 
realize that quick. So anyway, so you know when you're doing renos, don't you automatically think that you know classic rock should be on in the background? I don't. I always get that vibe that it should be like classic rock playing in the background. But I I, I tried that. It was funny because I hit up an old station that we used to listen to there, and it was the classic rock on this station now. Um, was like Pearl Jam and stuff like that. So I was like, wow, this is so it was replacing like Zeppelin and everything that you would usually hear. And they just kept doing it. It was just like all 90s stuff that that I made me feel really, really old. So I thought, well, screw this. So I dove into the old hair metal and man, I was just listening to hair metal. Like, you nice. know, yeah, like all day long was hair metal. So it, was, it was surprising some of the uh, the albums that popped out that I didn't think would be enjoyable and and well hooky ones that i want to listen to again i'd love to hear if you guys have any albums that are like this but uh i found that uh cinderella night songs i put that on and wow that was that's their first album it just jammed i was really enjoying it and another one was uh king cobra ready to strike and that was an awesome album like the the dueling guitars in there and all that stuff dude like the so it was the hair metal that kept me going on through that's classic my, rock now yeah, but, well, rock is the hair metal, right? Is the hair? I think it is anyway. That's that's my my new. I think the new classic rock is hair metal, and everybody should listen to more hair metal. Um, <laughs> so 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 I treated myself that night, right? It's like okay, well, I'm gonna play some video games. I'm gonna camp out on the couch, get a good two solid hours of video games in. And I have a dog who's 18 years old. So you multiply that by seven, and that's how old he is. I'm not good at math, but that's how old he is, right? So he's a Jack Beagle. One twenty six. One twenty. Oh my gosh! So my dog. No, old, no. Right? 135 wait 7.5 no 105 man my math sucks he's oh, that dude, brampton math oh, no, you said 18, math. right 18 times 7 6 5 yeah. 126 maybe no one's tuning wow. in for math lessons here boys wow. that's okay I was, so i was under the impression there'd be no math involved in this debate. Yeah, my, my dog my dog is old that's that's the bottom line Fair from enough. that right so he's uh, half beagle half jack russell so he's a medium-sized dog so I, i've got myself on the couch i'm in the perfect position right and you know, camped out, got my arm on there, all geared up there. I think I was, I was playing either starting with Star Wars or NHL. I can't remember which it was. Um, so then I out of the corner of my eye, like the couch is pretty big. I can see Tim just boom, 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 coming over to me, right? And it's like, oh no, oh no. And he just, Tim's known for this. He just barrels into me, knocks the, <clears throat> the pillow out of the way, hangs over my arm and just kind of like cuddles right, right over me. So I'm playing the game like this now, right? And he's old. So he gets a free pass for that kind of thing. But this is what killed it right here. So. He's got his face down this way and his butt's up this way. And, you know, I'm laying back on the couch. So what do you think he starts doing, right? His bottom rocket is just going off. Oh, and no. I don't know if you've ever smelled old old guy dog fart. <laughs> oh, it's like the rottenest vegetable smell you can imagine. So his cannon's going off. And it's like, it, like you can hear it, too. It's not just not just going off silent but deadly. It's kaboom, kaboom. So I'm, like, scrambling to get a blanket to, to diaper up his ass there and stop the cannon. So I, at bottom line is my two-hour uh, video game night got turned into an hour because I, I'm nice to my old dog. 127-year-old dog. Yeah, the, the 120. So he got his way. He got his way. And uh, and I didn't get to further my career in Star Wars anymore. But, <laughs> but man. <laughs> Yeah, so have you guys are you guys ever have you ever been around an old dog that has the farts and been privy to that? Like other other brand other a, than Dent? I have, a, I have a young dog that's that will fart and it's pretty rank too. Is it pretty so, bad. Yeah, I've got a ten year old boy. Yeah, that'll do it too, right? That'll, that'll do it. Do it. Well, I have the cannon <laughs> rocket right there. If you're watching, Alex, yes. stop with the farts. Good boy, yeah. Alex. This boy, <laughs> as soon as he sat there too, I thought the worst thing that could happen right now. There he goes. Of course. So we just came out of another exciting episode of The Mandalorian, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which yes. was, uh, I loved. Uh, Carl Weathers to the rescue as far as as far as far uh, direction goes. There, there uh, should be, a, I, I was watching with a lot of ding-dings going off because, man, if I could 
pick football games like I picked the uh, the plot line for this week's episode, mm-hmm. uh, I'd be uh, I'd be making some big bank this week. Nice. Yeah, that nice. was you last good, week, Chris. Good, Chris good, got him all yeah. right yeah. last week. Chris got him all right on last this week. One, it was like, man, but uh, yeah, Mike, you got this one, man. Go on. So you should lead us off here, my friend. Oh, no, I, th- I think um, it, what was really nice, again, Carl Weathers directing this episode. And of course, you, know, you got to have Grief Karga there as uh, mm-hmm. part of the central. Thought it was nice that they went back and you see you see Navarro now as a changed world uh, yeah. with Cardoon's now the marshal of, of, of the town. Loved the opening, uh, the opening uh, scene with uh, the Aquilish, the uh, the old. Uh, if you go back to the original Star Wars, Pondo Baba, uh, getting the old arm cut off by Ben yeah, Kenobi and the right? yeah, so it was a whole. And I, in doing some reading, they're they're, they're the oldest uh, creatures in the Star Wars universe, from what I understand. Nice. That was um, awesome. It was it was neat, and and seeing like I'm watching this, and I'm part of me was wondering like, okay. I can't remember if in Star Wars you actually know or see that Pondo died. Like, you see his arm cut off, but right. do we know if he actually died? No, I don't think that's a known fact at all. You no. don't see that. So I'm watching this opening sort of scene, and I'm trying to, like, are they, is is this, like, maybe old Pondo? Because there was one, there's one quick shot uh, near the end of the fight sequence where it almost looks like one of the Aqualish didn't have a left arm so i'm like i'm like uh, is it could be and i i don't think i don't think they got that deep but um but it was very cool and again you see navarro as this changed like this rebuilt city and and the the schools for the kids and so uh loved again sort of the callbacks to season one especially with mithral speaking Mm -hmm. of dogs that fart uh, (laughs) mithral with his his nervous oh, that was hilarious. That was great. Yeah. That was great. Mithral played by uh, Horatio Sands. Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, hard to, like, I'm looking, I'm like, wow, that's that's some awesome makeup there. That is a good makeup uh, job. But, uh, again, a nice sort of callback to, to season one, and layered in there, you get some of the old references to Return of the Jedi, where, you know, he talks, I don't want to be in Carbonite again. You know, I still can't see out of my eye, <laughs> uh, which is sort of like the throwback to the old Han Solo blindness thing. So I, I can't see. Again, uh, some some really neat uh, some really neat interaction. But, again, now we're setting – It's we talked about sort of the – the uh the pattern mm-hmm. where now okay he's back on this planet got to get his ship repaired great immediately when i'm thinking ship repairs coming back to the planet i'm going right back to empire strikes back like mm-hmm. all right so let me guess the razor crest something's going to happen to it or there's like some you know some backstabbing that's that's getting set to go on here mm-hmm. and uh, but we get the side quest where they've got to go to this uh, other side of, of of the city where there's a heat source that they are, you know, it's an old Imperial base, uh, yada, yada, yada. They take the, the, the ships, kind of cool ships, uh, Mithral's uh, land speeder sort of-esque. Uh, it's like a modified souped up land speeder in blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, takes it out to this, uh, to this Imperial base. And then again, we get some, some real nice, uh, callbacks to the original trilogy. You, you know, we see the speeder bikes, we see stormtroopers, we see a lot of uh, hallways very similar to the original trilogy. And uh, I love the speeder, but I love the uh, the uh, 
they keep bringing back all this old gear. So they keep bringing mm-hmm. back like, well, these are where the speeders are, are stored. We, yeah. They were only here before and now they're here and they're there. I love all this old gear. And th- this is, we kind of touched on this before, as far as what they're doing for us old fans, when it comes to the fact that you can still, uh, all the, like, oh, I wonder where they made that. Well, th- now they're showing you where they made that. Yeah. If you ever wondered, but I'm just, like, th- but they're, they're making you say, yes, I wonder where they made that. So it's very interesting to kind exactly. of like see and- where they're doing it. Um, I'm not as sort of on top of my old Star Wars toys as much as I used to be. Chris, you might be able to weigh in more. The Trexler Marauder, which is that, uh, it almost looks like a troop transport that they hijacked to get out of there. Was there not a toy in the original Star Wars line that was like that, that uh, had, like, you could put the figures in the side and I don't think it was in any in any of the original trilogy films, but it was a toy that was sold as part of the original trilogy. Do you remember that at all? I don't. I don't remember. But I mean, that it was. Oh, there we go. I don't remember it. Chris might. We got oh, Chris back. back. Sorry, I was frozen for a second there. Just oh, what okay. To- okay, you're, are you back? I'm back. Okay, uh, we were just discussing toys, we're, uh, and how in this episode. When they escape from the Imperial base, they take the Trexler Marauder, which yes, looks yes. an awful lot like a toy that was in the original, uh, way back, the original yeah. Kenner line. The Imperial Transport in... thing, right? Yes, that's it. And you, had, that's you, hit it. The, you hit the buttons on at C-3PO's voice. Yes! I got it. I have it, I have it downstairs, actually. What? <laughs> I do, yeah. It's not mint ah. or anything, but yeah, I got it downstairs. That's amazing. And again, here's another sort of callback uh, that sort of deep cut fans would would recognize, and immediately I'm like, I know that thing. I don't mm-hmm. remember it being in the original trilogy. Um, I know, I think they had a version of it in Rogue One, mm-hmm. um, but it was it, again very cool to see that. When we get into the Imperial base, and uh, Mithral has to uh, sort of turn off the cooling system, we get that scene very similar to Star Wars. Ben mm-hmm. Kenobi turning off the tractor beam, a lot of the language very similar, even the little little sound effects. Yeah. Uh, again, really playing on a lot of that, uh, the history and and sort of keeping keeping that alive in this. One thing I didn't want to I wanted to touch on that mm-hmm. I actually went back and did a whole lot of sort of reading up after this. So during the uh, the fight scene where. Um, where the Mandalorian flies out and he's shooting all these stormtroopers, mm-hmm. he gets hit in the, uh, in the armor by, by a trooper, turns around, shoots him, falls down, and you hear this. <laughs> the, ah! Yeah. In the original movies, and in movies going back to, I think 1951 was the, the original time, we would hear in especially in the original trilogy i think in the prequels as well up until i think last jedi mm-hmm. at least once in the film the What's wilhelm that called? that's a, that's called a thing what's it called it's the wilhelm scream wilhelm wow. scream right. isn't that the noise boba fett made when he went down into the sarlacc yeah. pit uh, no yeah. it wasn't boba fett it was uh, the uh, uh one of the I, guards yes one of the skiff yeah. guards yeah and again it was it's it's just that <gasps> It's That's awesome. Unique. <laughs> it's unique. Now, 
quick little bit of history. So this, this, uh, it's a stock sound effect mm-hmm. that's been used in movies, uh, again, since 1951. Uh, and Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Indiana Jones trilogy, like it's in there. Uh, it's in a lot of, I think it's in Toy Story as well. There's, I went on YouTube and watched a video. Somebody had compiled a whole bunch of these scenes with the Wilhelm scream, which by the way, was traced back to an actor singer from that period who, who actually is credited for the scream by the name of Sheb Woolley. Ding, ding, ding. Does anybody recognize the name Sheb Woolley? No. Do you recognize this song? Yeah. Flying purple people leader, one eyed, one horn. I grew up on that. Was a, I was young. Jeb Woolley. That was on Nutty Numbers when I was little. Yeah, uh, funky favorites for me. Oh, nice. There uh, you go. Right yes, on. An old KTEL uh, Ronco record. I bet you Disco Duck was on there as well. It was. It was. Uh, so that he was credited as the original actor who did that scream, the Wilhelm ah. scream. That's in everything. That's awesome. It's in every single movie. It is. Well, it's mostly in Lucas movies. Well, it was until Last Jedi. And Matthew Uh, Wood, who was the sound designer, uh, and I watched an an interview, you can pull it up online as well, where he talks about how Ryan Johnson, the whole mantra was, you know, let's, let's start our own stuff, move forward, new things. It wasn't used in Last Jedi. They created their own new Wilhelm scream. Ah. Some people are saying that it was a Disney thing that for uh, legal, like copyright reasons, uh, they, they wanted to create their own thing as opposed to using this uh, Wilhelm, Wilhelm screen that's used in all these films. So it wasn't in last Jedi. Uh, they, they had created this new Wilhelm scream that I don't think many people <coughs> recognized there were rumors that it was actually uh wally that they used <coughs> excuse me i swallowed a little bit of spittle there yeah. um that they used the wally uh, a, a scream from a scene in wally and pitched it and and you know uh, played with it a bit and that was the new scream going forward there's oh. also talk that george lucas they took a scream that he did back in 1973 when he was doing uh not corvette summer um american graffiti american graffiti thank you and uh that there was a scream from that that they've also used they call it the george so i i don't know where it stands however mandalorian now we have this new quote-unquote wilhelm scream so i'm curious now if this is going to be the new you know the it's very distinct it's very the way top, jokey you know it, it doesn't say, like it sort of sounds like the original like it's unique it's very stormtrooper-esque mm-hmm. stormtrooper-esque which of course it's a stormtrooper that takes the fall but for my money the the wilhelm scream <laughs> so i mean that's 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 the one right that's one, of the thing, toy. one of the things i wanted to ask about um in this particular episode what, it's not going to win any writing awards. Mm-hmm. I loved the design. I thought it looked amazing. I thought it looked incredible. I thought, it, you know, they, I mean, Carl Weathers, I mean, to, you know, did a killer job. Mm-hmm. The writing oh, yeah. is driving me a little bit crazy. And um, it, 
it's driving me just a little bit crazy. Well, what about and, what about the writing is driving you crazy? Is it the dialogue? Is yeah. It well, there's some of. I mean, I love it when they got into like you know when they were explaining how they're they're experimenting on Baby Yoda and they're and the midichlorian count. But I love okay. that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But then, yeah. but then the other stuff, like the other stuff for me, Chris, and maybe you can weigh in on this. But mm -hmm. the other stuff for me was Carl Weathers kind of interaction with the you know with the blue dude we were talking about with Horatio Sands mm -hmm. it's sort of like yeah. get over there okay I will it was like could they not write that even funnier it just seemed like it was yeah. like it's because I was like I know they're supposed to get a laugh out of it I just was like it's just a little what do you think like Chris like this is I know it's a hacky. classic Lucas writing maybe they're trying to stick to this Lucas writing <laughs> I don't know yeah I don't you know it's funny this this was uh this was the first episode like I'm usually drawing I, i'm usually sitting at my drawing table so that i've just i could just sketch something and not even pay attention to it um usually when i'm watching the mandalorian for the first time uh i stop drawing i just focus on what's going on I, this was the first time that i actually was i found myself drawing and not paying attention to what was going on a couple times mm. so that was a bad thing right there um and then the, you know the payoff at the end was 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 very good um I can drop some uh, Mandalorian knowledge on some of that there. Are we doing This is the Way? Want some? Should we do This is the Way? This is All the right. Way. Everyone watching at home, we have a segment called This is the Way, and it's by Chris Machete. You got the sound effects, Mike, but we'll have to put them in post. No. Go. All good. <laughs> okay. This is the way. Okay, and so this is, this is some knowledge here. So one thing that a lot of people are talking about I'm seeing is that well, why doesn't Luke Skywalker get involved here? Why doesn't he take him to Luke Skywalker? Well, what Luke Skywalker? Well, Luke Skywalker isn't around. This is starts five years after Return of the Jedi. Okay, Mandalorian. It is thirty years apart from the newest of the uh, the what the, the newest series. movies. What? Yeah. What? What's that trilogy called? Is there a name for it? Uh, the newest one the new trilogy the sequel the, trilogy a disney one i guess we could call it the right? disney so, trilogy yeah. right okay. so we've got 30 years between you know the mandalorian basically 25 to 30 years and when you know um snoke was actually a person so uh you know that that is a little far distance in between for the guys in the the jar to actually be snoke i would think but i'm gonna get that in a second luke skywalker wasn't around because he is he, this is uh he went this is the time when he was going out finding all those jedi artifacts to put in that little temple that he had on that island all right so he was out doing all that he wasn't and that took him years to do all that and then once he got all the jedi artifacts he came back and then he went back out and scoured the galaxy for jedi children and brought them back so he he shouldn't if they keep the canon the same as it should be he will not he can't be involved he's out doing his thing he, he trained or tried to train uh uh leia right after return of the jedi that was like a few which weeks we see, after which we see in rise of skywalker that sort of little we do right that yeah. that one where they chemical they digitally enhance everybody right they're very didn't yeah. they use her daughter didn't they use uh, billy there they should have i don't know if they did or not i thought they, they did have. i thought they used well, her think, daughter there as the superimpose well i think they used her as the actual yeah, actress yeah. but then oh, did okay. the uh, cgi sort of face go ahead swap. chris yeah I, I just remember it being like really digitally enhanced in that spot right <laughs> so that's what luke did so luke immediately trained her did work out so he took off and the force was taking him all over the galaxy for like years to find these artifacts then after that he went out for years to uh find his young jedi and we all know that the temple failed uh if you want to find out more about that it's in the comic books it's a really good saga so 
That's where Luke is. He's not going to be in this. At least he should not be in this. If he is in this, I don't know what the hell, man. That's kind of weird to me. That kind of throws off whole storyline. All right. Now, the other thing with those, uh, we have the dark troopers, dark troopers at the end. And I was yeah. kind of, I almost, I almost jumped over and touched on that because a lot of people are saying those are, those are Snokes in there. And as I just mentioned, that's 30 years away. Would, you know, they would have to start something before they started doing the emperor or doing anything close to the emperor. They have to start with something else. So if it goes with, again, the canon in the background that uh, Filoni has been working with, these are dark troopers. Now here's the thing about these dark troopers. It is the worst fate that could happen to a clone trooper. It takes a hundred clone troopers to make 20 of these, these dark troopers, right? And what they do is they suck their essence and their brain out and either put it into a mechanical version or they take later, they evolve to just putting the trooper in these dark uh, trooper outfits and they're just all attached, right? So they're just, they're, their will to live is gone. They're like, they're just being fed off of, from this machine. And that kind of brings us into Yoda being uh, from the cloners wanting. So he could be wanting to put uh, the Metachlorians in these clone troopers and then put them into the dark troopers. Or it could be, it could be pushing ahead for something that uh, Palpatine wants to use. But I'm thinking right now, those, those guys in the, those guys or girls, whatever in the, uh, the guys, cause it's clone troopers in the, in the uh, tubes. I don't think they're not Snokes. I don't believe they're Snokes. I believe they are clone troopers that had the worst fate ever. And they're going in those dark trooper outfits. So Luke, I don't think he's going to appear. And I don't think those were Snokes. I think those were dark troopers or uh, clone troopers that were going into the uh, dark troopers. So I, I touched, uh, I'll touch on this boom. once. There you go. That's, that's the way. There you go. Chris. The way. And, um, I'll like I'll go to you, Mike, in a second. But as I touched on last week, I think it's just a whole bunch of clubber langs. <laughs> that would be that would be so. Oh, you know what? You know what else it we did? It was Carl Weathers. Come on. You know what else we didn't mention though? Three. Was the con the connection between uh, Baby Yoda and Baby Groot? The uh, did have you guys seen uh, Guardians Two? Yes. Okay. Well, there's some one scene. Okay. Don't press this button. Press this button. Uh-uh-uh. Oh. Has anybody got any tape? Scotch yeah. tape? Yeah, that'll work. No. Well, why'd you say yet? I did. So, and then later, um, when Baby Groot uh is with Rocket and oh man, who's he with? Anyway, they're the, the plane's doing a, a hyperdrive thing and they come out of uh hyperdrive or whatever, and baby groot just, just exact, exact same thing that baby Yoda did there. Like it was that you just supplemented a different character, and then I thought that was really cool. Because uh Guardians is uh the the two of them they're two of my favorite movies just the music yes. the comedy and it was really really well done and james gunn is uh he's 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 pretty talented man that guy's pretty good that guy's pretty good so i just why i had to mention that connection there because that's the comic books marvel loving it up i i'm with you like i i was super jazzed at the dark trooper sort of unveiling at the end because I don't know if I'm sure you probably did, Chris, at some point played Dark Forces. That's the one, buddy. That's it. Oh, yeah. my. Oh, my. Yeah. Right. And I remember the, the big sort of like the last boss at the end. It was, you know, the the flying dark trooper and you know, mm. pain in the ass. I thought it's amazing. The uh, I'm I'm with you on that. I don't think it's Snoke, mm -hmm. but I'm really I'm really starting to get a sense that the long the long game here the Disney tie-in mm -hmm. is, is that they are going to somehow equate that Moff Gideon is working for Palpatine 
uh, who's on Exegol, and mm -hmm. this is their sort of they're trying to get to where they are with Snoke. This is like right. step one, right? Like this like is my, my this whole thing is, is just that pre-alpha yeah, Snoke yeah. here. And I, I think and, they, they have stormtroopers like it's like uh, level one or version two, and then version three they call them, right? They Something do, yeah. Like I think it's phase. I think they're phase one. That's phase it, buddy. Two. That's it. Yeah. Um, I I'm not exactly sure if the uh, if the dark troopers and the uh, what we saw in, in the tubes are linked. Yeah, we'll have to see, right? Because I'm starting they, to think that maybe the that dark, the mar maybe the dark troopers are completely separate. Like, oh shit, here come the baddies, mm -hmm. um, and then you've got Pershing doing his his uh, his experiments, extracting the blood of you know baby the child, mm -hmm. and trying to sort of create these force sort of uh, you know force clones or. Uh, for sensitive clones trying to manufacture them. Uh, I think there's, we'll probably see a little more of a tie-in. I like the fact that they are actually giving this, you know, giving Moff Gideon some sort of a, like, oh, this is what he's, this is the purpose. <laughs> this is his mm -hmm. way. Uh, because again, at, at the beginning, there's, they want the child. What do they want the child for? Okay, now we know. Yeah. And he's got that look at the end, man. Like it's that that last shot of him, very Vader esque, very mm. much like, yo, Vader's gone now. I'm the new badass in charge here, and I got big plans. So maybe there is some tie in with the Emperor. I I winced, I like very much so, when they talked about the M count. Mm -hmm. And I'm and I'm sure you know it's it, what's what's the thing that Ben Kenobi says when they come out of light speed in the original one it's it's as if uh, there were thousands of voices screaming in terror and then nothing right. yes lots of lots of people who you know a, a lot of star wars fans diehards who still to this day uh, you know vilified george lucas for the whole midichlorian right angle and they're bringing it back but they call it the m count because you know that's hip now you know you, you don't everything's abbreviated uh, the M count, midichlorians, that whole concept being brought back in seems very, I don't know, Disney-esque. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't necessarily, I, I wouldn't think that uh, Filoni or Favreau would want to go back down that road because of how div divided the midichlorian thing was, was for Star Wars fans and Anakin and, you know, oh, what is this? We've never heard of this before and now it's... So I, I'm a little leery about that, but again, I love where they're going with, with uh, Moff Gideon. Mm -hmm. Still a lot of strings. Like if, if, again, if it's the long game, if we're looking past season two into season three, mm -hmm. you've got all these tentacles of storylines that I'm hoping are leading somewhere. Mm -hmm. Because like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, I mean, some, well, you know, my I wife think... is a diehard and she's, she's gotten bored with the formula and the mm -hmm. formula it's. Yeah, but it works for 10 years. It works for 10 year olds and it worked for us when we were watching the A team. So, I mean, there is a bit yeah. of, there is a bit of that coming back. Like but there's got are, to be yeah. some, there's gotta be some sort of, you know, there, there has to be more of a link or more of a purpose. See, we've been spoiled though. See, we've been spoiled because we had HBO and Showtime and all these things that didn't have to follow the, the arc of, a, of television. And yeah. Disney, in essence, shouldn't have to follow that arc because they're their own thing. But they clearly are sticking to the formula of 
this has to happen. They got to go do this and they got to go to that. So to your point, Mike, they may lose people. Uh, uh, I think we've noticed it three, four episodes in now, as well as all last season. So depends yeah. how patient you are to deal with it. But that, my friends, was the new Mandalorian. So yeah. I think that's what uh, I think we got an exciting one coming up this week. We'll see. There's lots to cover off. On that Hopefully side they, of it. They, ho they hook into a storyline and kind of stick with it for a bit instead of well we have we know, have you know. the uh they they did put the tracking beacon on the razor crest now so now you've got moff gideon he's he's going to be coming after him with the dark troopers mm -hmm. uh will we see boba fett sort of probably not till maybe episode seven my maybe call the very eight. last episode he's not going to come back till the very last Everybody's because going, yeah. we've got ahsoka we've got ahsoka that i'm pretty sure we're going to see next week Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't see who's directing next next week's Filoni. episode. Is it Filoni? Yeah. So I'm thinking he was, you know, the heart and soul of Ahsoka. So yeah. I think we're going to see Ahsoka debut. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to get an uneasy alliance at first. Mm -hmm. But then you're going to have this whole Moff Gideon, uh, Ahsoka, Mando, and then Boba Fett will be the... Uh, he'll be the wild card sort of end of the seasons episode seven episode eight i think it, it is eight episodes or are we 10 do we know yet i think i think it was eight wasn't it i never know I, I meant to do that okay, so it, it will be right uh, near the end so i get i think we're gonna see bookends of boba fett episode mm -hmm. one yep. episode eight yeah uh, i agree totally but again we're, we're seeing at least some semblance of okay here's where we're leading to uh this big battle on corvus where i guess ahsoka is and yeah. maybe this is gonna you know another big forest moon battle very cool. similar to return of the jedi cool. so, so are you guys feel are you guys feeling smart oh, oh. is it time it's uh -huh. time uh, <laughs> do you you didn't get a you didn't get a wookie noise mike for this i mean we're live yeah. across the world there's like 14 people watching oh my god i can't you know what i, I promise it's okay chris has got a chris has got a a thing going on that we're putting in post okay. uh but for okay. our viewers at home we have a little competition that chris has started called uh that's my wookie uh, <laughs> where mike and i compete each other against each other for a bunch of door prizes right. uh, this this week it's uh, uh mccain's uh microwave uh nice. tv trays yeah yeah, yeah. and oh, a um nice. and a uh a, a, a pair of gwg um, from, the byway, from the byway, <laughs> from the byway, from the byway, you got to go to the byway to get it. Uh, some GFWG winter brown boots for all of our do Ontario. I, do I get, do I get my complimentary Wayne Gretzky poster? Nice. Wow. I want one of those. Yeah. Cause I remember. I'll take the grant. I'll take the grant fear. GWGs. You would get a, uh, a Wayne Gretzky yeah. poster with him in like this tan, like outdoor jacket wearing his like crisp GWE jeans. Just looking all stylish. And he was young then so, too, right? Like just a young yeah. like just okay. Okay, you guys ready? All right. That's my Wookie. <laughs> oh, okay, guys. So you know how it goes here. First we do some easy questions. You get uh, you get right. some options for your answers. And the next two are gonna be some pretty tricky stuff. Okay. Hey, uh, who went first last time? I believe Fred did. did. All right, Mike. Question right. A didn't question help me at all. <laughs> Let's go with question A. Start with A. Question A. What okay. planet is Darth Maul from? Alderaan or Dathomir? That would be Dathomir, wasn't it? Boom! Got it. Yeah. Ding, ding, wow. choo, Darth Maul. Again, another one of those I characters. I think the other that question that Chris was going to ask after that was, what color is the sky? 
Blue. <laughs> yes. What Does color it... is the sky in Alderaan these days? Oh. What do you have five two? All right. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. See, these are fairly straightforward ones here. So Cara Dune is an ex-rebel or imperial soldier. She's a rebel. Rebel, yes. Ding, yep. There's a sound effect in there. And we do get and we and we get mention of that at the end of the episode with uh uh we find out that she was part of the blue squadron. Yeah, she was one of the heavy gun soldiers, right? Yeah. Look at her. Anyways. She's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, We're tie we so next next section, this is the this is the trickier of the two, right? Uh, so so sorry. Mike, you go first, right? A or yeah, B. All right. I'll go with A again. All right. Yeah. Hey, these are tough. Yeah. Name the last person to have the dark saber before Moff Gideon. Uh, uh wait a minute. Was it not no, it wasn't uh, was it Satine? Was it Bo-Katan's sister? I can't tell you. I'm gonna say Satine. Oh, you had it the first time was Bo it was Bo-Katan. Was it Bo-Katan? Yeah, I yeah. wasn't sure that because again, I Satine gave it to Bo-Katan and then Bo-Katan. Okay. Uh we don't know how uh well the I could go on. I'll go on way too long about this, but we don't really know how how uh, you know Gideon got got it from Bo-Katan, but she's pissed. We know she's okay. pissed, right? The yeah uh, from the the great uh, surge there. Wow. I'm still trying surge. to. I'm still. I still have a lot of catching up to do with That's Clone okay. Wars and Rebels. I mentioned but... that was one though that I mentioned last week, and that so yeah. that was the easier okay. one of the two, just because. Uh oh. Because I mentioned that one. Right. You, like, you can tie it up here. I did mention this one as well. So okay, Brent, are you ready? We'll see. Who took forcibly the dark saber from Pre Vizsla? And bonus points after if you guys can tell me who did the voice of Pre Vizsla. So who took the dark dark saber by force from Pre Vizsla? We got Bram. No, hit the prices right. Rump music. Mike, you want to steal? No, I was. I, I'm again. That's. Uh, I probably should have paid more attention. I should have had my ten year old here for this. I should have had my ten year old here for this. You would have got it. It Sorry, was Chris. We're out. Darth Maul. I was yeah, okay. Yeah, now it was Darth funny. Maul. And who did the voice for Pre Vizsla on the on the? Uh... Mike, you got that last week. Yeah. No, it wasn't Deep. It's a. Baker. It's a no. pretty big name though, especially in Sam Jackson, John Favreau. Really? Yeah. So, so I'm kind of wondering if they bring Pre Vizsla into the show, if John Favreau is going to play him. Like he's a pretty oh. big figure in there, right? Uh, he's the one of the Death Watch guys that came back in and tried to get Mandalore to go back to the older ways. So. See, not not to not to be mean, mm -hmm. but John Favreau is today is not the John Favreau of Swingers size. No, no. So I don't know. If, I don't know if. <laughs> I don't know. Careful, if... Mike. He's watching this right now. <laughs> We're streaming hey, I, to 14 hey, people, just, and he's one of them. I just watched Swingers the other night again. One I just, of my watched, favorite movies I, I just watched uh, Chef based on your recommendation. I can't believe I hadn't seen Chef. Yeah, it's a great film. couple things. I can't believe I hadn't seen Chef. I also mm -hmm. just watched The Quiet Place last night, which I'd never oh, seen. Oh, Quiet Place, Quiet Place. Oh, yeah, it's a go. Oh, right, right. killer right, movie yeah. that was. So, yeah. like, I was, I'm getting caught up on all this shit. So, anyways, friends, that was the Wookiee. I think, I think we... I think we're still tied at like, Well, you got one to one there, and then yeah, uh, so Mike four, was leading four from before, three. I think, right? So no four GWGs is what you're saying. Yeah. We don't know GWGs. The skins so carry over. So, so it, it, it's funny, though, because you mentioned 
you mentioned that it would be funny though to uh see if a 10 year old jumped in there could answer all Mine all could, five sure. all, all four of those questions okay well that's what you do you get out <laughs> i'll have to add that to the you video version for youtube yeah <laughs> now my friends has been the mandalorian review for the week live on the internet that Ooh. still exists uh this day and uh, it is time for a brand new segment that we are titling uh we're gonna put some stuff in here it's called uh just the facts jack which is uh <laughs> if anyone can do a love it's here anyone anyone i can't i can't do a love yeah it's just the facts yeah, you're gonna have a little that's go good. let's go love it. Yeah. Just the facts, jack. anyways uh just so this the is facts, the news yeah. of the week uh, does anybody have a timer we got to do this in three minutes Four minutes, three to five minute timer. Does anyone have a timer they can set? Because I'm. Uh... I don't. I was going to go to the dollar. All right, hang on, hang on. A timer. You want three minutes? Three minutes. Uh, let's go five minutes. We're going to do a five minute okay. segment. Everyone at home, go get a, a thing to drink or do All whatever right. you got to do. But right. it's now time for just the facts. Jack, news of the week. Yeah. And we're on our way. We're going to start in the world of wrestling, the retirement of The Undertaker last night at the Survivor Series. Uh, for anyone, whether you're a wrestling fan or not, you are familiar with the name The Undertaker. You must be. And uh, career thoughts. Uh, we're going to do this th one minute hot takes. I don't know how we want to do it. To me, uh, some would consider it the greatest creation that Vince has ever made. Uh, I would just say that it's a, um, a testament to longevity and uh, um, loyalty and. Um, my favorite character of all time, not mine, but uh, I mean, to take that idea and turn it into what it did, uh, by far probably the greatest entrance uh, of all time. Oh, he yeah. Be That's it for me. Mike, go. I, I agree totally. Uh, 30 years, he is the epitome of somebody that lived the gimmick. He was, he was Undertaker. He, he fought very hard for 30 years to maintain that mystique. I mean, even in public, like it very much, which is why uh, if you haven't seen The Last Ride, which is on the WWE Network, it's uh, a documentary on his on his career. For the first time. Uh, it's amazing. What really threw me from that, from that whole documentary is hearing him talk in his normal voice. Because for so many years, you just hear, rest in peace. And then you hear him on his uh, Broken Skull sessions with Steve Austin. And he's got this voice that's up in like a totally high range. So he he's, he he's in uh, he's in uh, Leon's commercial territory. Yeah, he is. He could, he could probably <laughs> he's, totally. He's, he's got the high accent. register. Just lose that southern accent. No, he uh, just an incredible performer. Uh, absolutely very loyal to Vince, um, and just an incredible like an incredible talent. And to have that sort of uh, length of a career, it's it's amazing. And I don't know, Chris. man. I, yeah, I've been since I've got back into wrestling again. I'm watching all these behind the scene things, right? And you'll see like so much chaos. And there's the Undertaker behind, just like you know, you know, keeping it calm and cool, um, seeming like a really rad dude. And whenever anybody talks about him, they talk about Mark, Mean Mark. I but I like seeing his old matches when he was Mean Mark. Um, yeah. They always talk so highly of him, like what a rad dude, what a good guy. Like he, he's constantly, he always looks like he wants to kill somebody and rip their head off. Apparently, that's not, not how he acts all the time. Um, but I really dig the, the fact that he's a rad dude, man. Like that to me goes such a long way, especially um, when I've met uh, musicians who I, I really, really admired, and then I met them and they were so damn douchey. You know what I mean? He just seems yeah. like he's an all-around good guy who really is uh, enjoys what he does and makes sure that nobody plays any bullshit around him. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. Uh, timer check, Mike. Timer check. 
Two minutes to go. Two Woo! minutes to go. Two uh, minutes left in this period. There <laughs> we go. I'm going to uh, go on. Uh, 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 Chris wanted to talk about NHL possibly returning news of the week. Uh, the NHL planning on January the 1st. Chris, go. That's what they're planning. Planning on January 1st. I would like some hockey, but I'm a little concerned about how it's going to happen. Um, it was weird because when we hit fall, it felt like I should be watching, you know, the pregames and everything and get ready to go. And it's just where it's really hitting me is my Saturday nights. It's like I, I could actually go the week without watching any hockey, but my Toronto Maple Leafs Saturday night, you know, hockey night in Canada nights, that dun, 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 although they don't use that song anymore. Um, the, that goes back. I can't even remember when I started watching Hockey Night in Canada. It just seems like it's always been there. Um, and I want my Hockey Night in Canada back. Michael. Uh, I'm just, uh, I want COVID to end uh, in time for the hockey season. I know it won't. I think we're still going to have to deal with the effects. Of this. But mine is mine is completely out of selfish reasons because uh, our buddy Adam, I, I, about a year, it's almost going to be a year uh, in January. Yeah, it'll be a year in January that I was down there for a weekend to visit and, you know, watch some leaf, uh, leaf hockey in his media room. He's got the new whiskey room. I'm dying to get down there because there is no bigger uh, hockey fan slash leaf fan than him. And oh, it's, nice. it's total. It's it's so much fun to sit back on a Saturday night. Uh, here's a, here's an interesting fact that uh, if you are a fan of uh, Edge, Adam Copeland, um, every hockey game every leaf game that he watches he stands for the for the national anthem that's cool it's 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 amazing and martina sings it uh, martina for the home games anyway martina i can't remember her last name but she she's an amazing yeah, singer i've fantastic. watched her since she was little kind of grow up and it's funny every time i, I would see her I was like hey stop growing up you're making me feel old because it just seemed like she would get <laughs> timer check and, timer well, check I, last minute to play well we're kind of timer done but last minute quick Quick take. All right, so a uh, quick take on this. It's not going to happen January 1st because they all got a quarantine for 14 days coming into Canada alone, plus wow. uh, all the stuff that has to happen. Then they're going to have a break. Then they're going to go home, and then they're going to have to come back and quarantine again. There's, uh, They still don't have a plan to get people back into the arenas. My friends, I'm guessing February 1st earliest. So wow. get ready for the that. First one. They'll be the first one to get the cure when it comes out, though, right? Because Canada's got to take care of talkie players. <laughs> them in there. Get, they'll be, get, they'll be getting course. them in there first. Oh boys, that was uh, that was the that was just the facts, Jack. Uh, a new segment, and that wraps up segment awesome. one of the uh, Kids on the Escalator podcast with our good friend Mike Pongratz below, Hi. right over there. We got Chris Machetti over there, over there, wherever we are on the stream. I'm not 100 sure where we are on just that. Uh, Michael, any. Thing to add to the day as we move uh, along here the only couple parting shots i will uh i will say is i quickly before i came on to record this uh, podcast today uh your good friend uh, who was uh, featured on the brenton on tour uh life cast renee paquette kicked off her new twitch stream today she's congrats uh, renee she's if you're watching which i'm sure you are I, it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun because she's really new to the whole Twitch thing. And uh, she's just absolutely, she's adorable in the sense that I love watching her work. And I have seen her work from the days back in the score when I used to do uh, uh, promo, promo imaging for the score mm -hmm. way back when, and when they just started with Aftermath. So uh, it's been very cool to see her, her um, transition over the years 
the ground she broke in the WWE from uh, from an announcing standpoint, and her husband with probably one of the greatest uh, baby uh, announcements ever. Uh, cutting AEW, a promo, yeah. Cutting a promo in AEW and dropping casually, you know, that he's got a wife at home who's pregnant. Uh, I don't know if you heard this, sorry, just quick on that. I don't know if you mm-hmm. heard the story about uh, who was the first to find out about her pregnancy. Uh that I don't think it necessarily was John. There's conflicting. I know it wasn't. Uh, I know it wasn't uh, her parents because I spoke to her dad. Like, yeah, Ooh. conflicting reports that it it wasn't necessarily about the pregnancy announcement, but it's something to do with the pregnancy. She meant to text John. She texted Bailey. All right, oh. I heard this story. <laughs> yes. I heard this story. We're gonna have to get confirmation. Maybe we can get her yeah. on the show yeah. to follow but, up. Uh, congrats to Renee. Uh, check out check out her Twitch stream and. Uh, When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kudos to uh, to uh, Dean Blundell with the the whole network. Uh, I, I loved. I watched a, a couple of his older podcasts, his live shows. Sort of the uh, I don't know the delay or whatever the the li- the list of podcasts now. Going sure. back and watching the archive. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a former chorus employee, I've really dug how honest. <laughs> he's been about the people that he's come across and there's some names in there that i wholeheartedly remember and feel the same way you know sorry he had jj and melanie on uh i think it was yesterday yeah and love love uh seeing those cats uh on you know and one of the things i want to bring up about that and dean if you're watching hey um a a couple weeks ago he did a he did a um for our Toronto people, he did a, a really great interview with Neil Morrison. He was oh, brother, brother Bill, Bill yes, brother Bill, yes. and it's it's probably one of the best interviews I've heard yeah. anybody do with anybody. It's really yeah. really great. I mean, other than what we bring to the table here, but it was it was amazing. It was a really really insightful. That a lot yeah. of course people are they old friends? They must well. They really used to work together and and, and, Plus, and I thought yeah at that time. So yeah, I didn't know if they were, they were good friends though still or anything. No, I, well, I, I mean, yes, I mean, uh, it, Neil's, had, Neil's it had been a number of years since they had yeah. uh, talked. And nice. for just because uh, I mean, Neil's out on the west coast, mm-hmm. uh, but an amazing yeah. If if you are somebody that grew up. Uh, during the uh, during the era of of Edge 102 CFNY, mm-hmm. uh, remember Brother Bill? Well, uh, it's, Brother it's Bill a- always makes Mr. Machete references anytime Chris posts something. So oh, Neil Morton, okay. so anytime Chris posts something, he's like, "Oh, this must be a Port Perry thing." It was just a really funny. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, so brother, so Neil uh, Neil lives just around the corner from me here, so maybe we'll get him on in a little while. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. then he's it, a good he's a good friend. So um, Mike, a, to your point, podcast, to yeah. your point, Renee. Uh, congrats, a baby, Twitch, everything. And I have to make a point about that for a second. I think she has the most perfect out in the history of outs when it comes to leaving a job and, and just building herself up to this amazing thing. Because most people, they'll leave, I mean, they'll leave WWE, they'll go do this, they'll go do that, and there's a bit of whatever. But I'll tell you, I, I, I touched on it in the interview with her, but I, I really think she's just carved out this perfect thing. I mean, she's already released the book in pre-order she's already gone she's already become a bestseller 
So yeah. it's amazing. So anyways, kudos to her. Mike, thanks for joining us this week hey, again uh, on here. Uh, we are going to, we just, uh, we're going to put it out probably tomorrow for your ears to listen to. Wow. Uh, on Blundell.com, as well as all your streaming platforms where you get everything. And speaking of, speaking of great yeah. out, uh, you know, let's not forget the greatest out, outline of all time by Sir Billy Red Lions. Don't you dare miss it. Don't you dare miss it. Awesome. Everybody go find Mike. Uh, where, where are they going to find you, Mike? Uh, just listen to you. You don't. I'm, I'm, I'll be at the bar down the street. Catch me here. Every week, catch me yeah. here with these guys. So, And I'm hoping, hoping in the next couple of weeks to have uh, some podcasts sort of news not that i'm not that i'm jumping on your trains at all uh but i've got something that's manifesting that i'm, I'm got, getting kind of psyched about so we got some awesome. trailers we got some trailers maybe we'll do your intro for once yeah, we'll see. announce it on our show yeah maybe i will maybe i will anyway guys have a great week we'll see you next uh next week episode five as we continue along with uh chris <laughs> Machete, my old yeah. friend, my old bandmate. You're on uh, one man, side. I, I haven't even the... checked the streams yet. I haven't even checked what's going on. I don't care because we're just having a chat. One thing oh, I do okay. have to announce for everyone that's listening, we yeah. have acquired our 100th listener. Oh, wow. That's In awesome. just a few short weeks. Hey, I mean, it's baby steps. You got to get there. But I mean, hey, we got 100 people. So it's 100, is, 100 is a good number, man. It's better than 98 or 99. You and I can usually just entertain each other just to chatting but now we're entertaining 100 people and That's mike's along exciting. for the ride for that so thanks for listening yeah. everybody here we good. are um that's good chris you wanted to touch on a few things uh, as we continue on in part two yeah i got some well yeah so um so going back to my initial statement there with the farts from my dog <laughs> the worst though buddy and you must remember this so brent and i used to play in a band together and there was three of us when we started and uh, through the course of a decade, we stayed together jamming, maybe a little less than a decade. I can't remember. But we, so we'd be in these, some jam rooms were like in a, somebody's living room. Sometimes we had to do this. Some parents' living room. Sometimes we would be in this old kind of shack thing. What was that thing in Blackstock that we were in? Well, we were, it was like an old feed mill That's place. What it was. That it was we like were in like the middle mill. of it with no ventilation. Yeah. Yeah. So our bass player, man, he would fart and you would have to leave the room. Like, I am not lying. You know, it's all oh, you're making it up. No, dude, you would have to leave the room. Now, here's the, 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 the funny part of all this. We evolved to a band that was like, uh, well, like, was five, six people in Chuck Caliber? Two bass players. Yeah. yeah, right? So he would still fart and clear the room. Now, here's the funny part. We would say to him, dude, why don't you just leave the room? Treat it like a smoke break. Crank your stinky farts. And then come back in. No, he wouldn't nope. do that. He liked, he liked torturing us. But I, have you ever smelt anybody as bad as that? Well, he also used to uh, leave presents for my roommates. Oh, he'd come gosh. over and uh, leave a little, uh, uh, yeah, uh, he'd leave, I, leave a little, little, little present to the point where I'd come home and uh, I'd get a little, uh, I'd get a little, uh, a little message from my roommate saying, "Oh, Den was over, huh?" <laughs> so, Den, if you're, li we're gonna get you, bud. Don't worry, eh? Wow. We're gonna get you, buddy. We'll Damn, get him I on just, here one time and, yeah, and uh, we'll, we'll get him to we'll talk about his awful ass everybody out there must have a friend that's like the stinky friend right that's just flatulent. every time every time yeah but my dog man that was that was pretty bad that was pretty bad well tim's just, old he's got that old digestive that's i say system. if it was if it was like he was too old i just, just shot him out of there right away but no he deserved yeah first he made me uncomfortable he farted in my face can't rock it not good not good so what have you been doing lately i've been well, drywalling and renovating yeah, you know what i'm just um i i've been uh i'm working a lot so i'm, I'm actually uh getting paid to work again so I'm doing some stuff. Uh, you know, this podcast is a love 
it's for the love of the podcast and having some fun. But um, mm-hmm. I do have, a, 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 I got to sh- send a shout out to my friends at Blue Microphones. Blue Mics. Okay, because they, nice, uh, they are nice now, looking deal. Yeah, they've been sponsoring the Brenton on Tour podcast uh, with this fancy gear and these pretty rad headphones. But mm-hmm. they're also, um, uh, you know, they're powering this now too. So, um, so I'm getting some stuff there. But yeah, working a lot, doing, um, doing a lot of um, movie and film stuff right now. Um, mm-hmm. That's so good. that's been very interesting. Uh, just uh, kind of doing logistics for uh, COVID testing and things across the country because uh, the actors uh, and crew need it. And uh, well, yeah. there's a need for it. So we're having some fun with that, but it's busy, man. So doing that, trying that's to good. keep keep this going, trying to have some fun with this, with the other podcast, the Brenton on Tour that started this thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's busy. Because so you're on Vancouver. You're in Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm over here in Ontario, in Kingston. And it's with the COVID. So you had COVID, right? I like, did. I had it in you, March. You, yeah. You had it back when it was cool. Back when they called it Corona, right? Like, <laughs> or the Rona, as they the say. Rona, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like now, now everybody's getting it's kind of past. I think they're calling it the vid now. The vid. That's even better. But that's that's kind of yeah. distracting because that could be many things. Mm-hmm. But you got to wait. Right? Yeah, so how do you feel now? I mean, I'm. Uh, Are you I'm, fully recovered? Do you think? There's definitions of that because uh, I would say yes. I've been struggling mm-hmm. with my lungs a bit since March, so um, right. I, I was starting to turn into the old guy. So I was starting to turn into like, oh, it's hot out, can't mm-hmm. go out. You know, I was starting to have a hard time breathing this summer and things, and it was really right. driving me crazy. And, uh, and and coincidentally, the doctor that I work for now, uh, doing a lot of the, the testing and stuff that's happening, he was my doctor through this process. And um, so I, yeah, I went and I got I have some inflammation on the lungs. I got, uh, I'm on a couple of inhalers that kind of flares up, but I'm mm. also on the Chris Machete CBD oil. And that's, yes. uh, that's yeah. been a big help. Um, that's good, but man. the, that's the good. thing is it's, um, uh, there's, you know, there's some that would believe that it's not even a thing. I listen, I can we tell you this much. I can, now, right? oh my God. I, I can tell you this much. I've never in my life been healthier than I was at Christmas this time. Yeah. Like Christmas you were a healthy dude, man. You were a healthy right? dude. I had a year of not drinking. I was running three, five kilometer things a day on tour. Playing gym, hockey. Playing hockey. Like it was extremely busy. And mm-hmm. um, and to have this come in, and I really had a minor case of it. And it came in, hit, and basically hit and ran. But then it was about May that I started going, wait a minute. I'm not able to work out or I'm not able to do anything. I was, it was really shutting me down. So anyone with like a lung issue is going to feel this. Um, I think anyways, um, my, you know, am I a believer in vaccines and all this shit? I'm not getting into anti-vaxxing or any of that kind of stuff. I think your immune system has a certain amount of fight to it. And I think it definitely helped me through. Uh, but there is some lingering effects to my world, uh, that I'm still, still kicking. So I'm no expert. I'm around experts. I had it. I still mm-hmm. have symptoms of it. Yeah. And uh, that's my life right now. Just kind of battling yeah. through that every day and sort of. Seeing so what, what, see, we're at, so here in Kingston, we're at threat level yellow. Um, up, up, that's, that's fine though. And up the road, cause you got green, yellow, orange, red. So we're at yellow Toronto, just what, two and a half hours up the road, three hours up the road is at red. Now, Mike, who is just kind of outside of that, they're at orange. So it's amazing what the dis- difference between three hours of highway can make with it. Like they're well, it's all density, on- right? It's a, it's a people in an area and it's, it's, sort yeah. of, you know, but it, that just blows my mind how it's like that. We've gone know. backwards here too. We, 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 we were the first ones to actually flatten in Canada. 
So mm-hmm. that part was, um, uh, you know, we, we were all excited and we were getting out and doing stuff and all the rest mm-hmm. of it. But then we've had to get rolled back. So they've closed everything now. So, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's a little unfortunate. I, I, I feel like um, um, maybe it doesn't quite need to be that extreme, but I also think people aren't really listening to little things that they're supposed to be doing. So, I mean, yeah. well, if anybody still thinks it's a hoax at this point, Oh my gosh. Wow. I've got some, some comic books I want to sell you that are worth a real lot of money. It's something. And it's uh, um, I think it's, it's uh, I think where the, where the people are having the issues is the over government and all that kind of stuff. So that's where you're you're seeing it. But I'm not, we're going to leave politics out of it. But that's yeah. That's anyway, yeah. I just thought that's it was fun. just letting people know you're on one end, I'm on the other, and it's yeah. just uh, just wild. I find just wild the three hour difference. And I know it's the big cities and Kingston's still pretty big, but still, I just, that just amazes me. That kind of yeah. thing. It's like you drive through there, keep your window rolled up, right? We'll see. We'll see what goes on come the spring. Yeah. Okay. Here's what we'll I want to do. Sure. Since we're just such intellectual dudes, people people need to know. So what we're going to do is a segment called the Trilogy of Questions. Questions, questions, questions. Okay. And yeah. we're going to ask three questions. We're both going to answer them. All right. They're, they're amazing, great questions. So here we go. If you, if you want to answer at home, that's fine. Okay. The first one is your top three hockey NHL goalies. Go. Grant Fear. Mm-hmm. Number one. Always will be. Grant Fear for me. Mm-hmm. Um I think I have to go just with my era from growing up. So it's got to be Grant Fear for me. Um, I really love Kirk McLean. He was always number two for me. Uh, Cox were always number two for me. Uh, Grant also played in Toronto. So that was kind of cool. Um, and then I think I got to go with, um, oh God, you know, I, I don't think there's any denying that Martin Brodeur for me. I think, right it's, on. I think, I think he's the, to me, he's the Tom Brady of goalies of goal yeah he's he's won so many yeah so so on my end i got bro at number three just, he's won so much stuff for canada too I, he's just a great goal plus he's a funny dude see him on those car commercials come on it's funny dude funny dude seems like a rad guy to have a beer with huh so i gotta sec- go runner up runner up luongo as well for me i was wondering i thought he was gonna be one of your main guys no that's okay he won't he, he won't find you so we got so i got bro and then i got cujo man Curtis Joseph. Oh man. He modern day best leaf team ever. He was part of it. Um, and number one is Mike Palmatier from the Leafs from way back yeah. in the day. And this is just because he broke his leg at one point and I drew him a picture and I sent it in. My parents sent it in and whatever. And he sent me back like a, a postcard and said, thanks, Chris. I'm healing up. Well, this picture will really help me heal up faster. Well, for those watching at home, Chris has got a few years on me, just a couple, which would have put him in the Palmatier world. Uh, if you remember growing up in, in the eight, like when I, you know, I'm at 76 or so coming through 85, you know, 88 or 85, 84, that kind of time frame, you know, it was a little, we weren't getting a ton of. Right. Wait, did you say you're older than me or younger than me? Cause like you're, you're older than me, right? Is that what you said? It's, you're... The internets would say. You have a few years on me. Isn't that what you said? Somebody has a few <laughs> years on somebody. This, it might be a giveaway, but I'm not sure. We'll see. I just, it's, I shave every hour. So, <laughs> so there, there's our, there's our, our, uh, our goalies. Those are our top three goalies. They were all Canadian. But yes, I think they were. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much a yeah. Okay. So our next one here, and this is an interesting one because of our musical backgrounds here. So this should be interesting for me. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing your answers on this. Three top live shows in order, three to one, not best parties, 
not best. Are you talking about my my opinion about a band that it gives the best performance or my personal? That's a great question. So just best show, best show, best show. Could could it could be just because a special guest showed up, or because you had really good seats, or because you could stand behind? Sure, it's for me. um, I mean, I have to go with what started the whole thing for me. Uh, We're gonna go. um, The whole thing for me started with Metallica and Aerosmith, the Mm -hmm. Black Crows, and Warrants. At the CE wow. in Toronto. Okay. I was at and, that. Yeah. And so if you listen to the stories afterwards, you read Sebastian Bach's book, what was going on backstage, Tommy Lee, all these people were there. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, that was my first ever concert. And I was there to see Metallica, or sorry, mm-hmm. to see Warrant and the Black Crows with a with uh-huh. a with a with a uh, honorable mention to Aerosmith, because Metallica was too heavy for me at the time. And I was right. watching, you know, 50,000 people chant die, and I'm like, I was hooked at that point. So that's the show that got me. Warren got blew out the stage. It was the Black Crow's oh, first that. ever show in Toronto, which was amazing. It and was Aerosmith really was on the pump record. They just mm-hmm. killed it. So, mm-hmm. um, well, sorry, it was permanent vacation. permanent vacation, but pump was coming. So it was a, it was a thing. They and, played um, some songs from it, right? Yeah. So that was number one for me. Um, number well, two that's for That's number me, three, right? Was, that's like, oh, that number three okay yeah, or is that you can go backwards is that that's yeah, your i'm best gonna start ever? at number one and i have to yeah, go with fine. the one that started the whole thing for me that's cool uh number two number two uh has to be um number two for me has to be pearl jam in toronto um during their pj20 so it was for me it was a culmination of my tour uh through the ranks of trying to run shows and i ended up doing you know two nights with pearl jam in toronto uh, at the Air Canada Center. It mm-hmm. was during PJ20. It was the, the film festival. Everyone was there. Woody Harrelson was there. Um, wow. All these people were there, but Neil Young was there. And it, there was just a moment um, that was amazing because I was standing there. The house lights were on. They're playing. Neil Young's on stage playing. I've got my cousin Daryl there who who basically used to you know bring me into to, to the edge and, and kind of you know was in that world. And, and uh, it just, it was this culmination of like the start of it all so pearl jam for sure there at uh at um okay that's that's your that's second number, one number two what's the and, third one uh, number three um oh man it's got to be i think um pantera and slayer oh nice in I th- hamilton in hamilton um our, i was thinking our, i thought our, you were gonna say pantera and skid row sorry oh, that's the one i thought you were gonna say but Pantera and Slayer, that's a- you know, I, I, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go this way with it because um, our fallen brother Zig was with us uh, at that show. Dan with oh, the ass cool. was there. The Ev was there <laughs> and it was reinventing the steel tour. I was already so far in on Pantera at that point. Mm. Slayer. It just was like, I'd never seen Pantera and Slayer share a bill. It was that show. Uh, was that but, back when when people were just like throwing joints on the stage and Phil yeah. was picking them up and, and, on, them up? and you can see that show on the YouTube uh, it's a great nice. show, but it was the first time that Pantera used pyro. It was just, it was a whole mm. thing. Um, but it, th- that's when they were on it, reinventing a steel record. I have oh, to cool. go with that, that, that show, yeah. uh, just given the, the players, everyone that was there, but definitely, um, Skid Row, Pantera in Peterborough with Brandon Agnew, Jason Parson, uh, the killer to worse opening. I got the trike and that was kind of my intro to Pantera. Nice. That was a really good, and then yeah, I, I got remember, a whole bunch of. I got a whole bunch of other ones, but that's, I think There's those are three. the top three. Okay. I'm going to do mine in order of importance. Sure. So three, I've seen Motley Crue so many times, but I always had the worst seats and I didn't have the greatest time in the world. So you hooked me up with a show uh, in Oshawa 
the crew, and it was just we're sitting in the penalty box watching it go on. If you would have told me when I was a kid, listening to the crew, I would take my daughter to see them one day. I would have been like, yeah, right. I took my daughter, my wife, Dan, again with the stinky ass was there. You're gonna hear a lot about that guy. Um, and we were right in like you know Nikki Sixter blood on us, and my wife was like, oh my god, it's blood. I was like, oh geez, and she's like, yeah, I've got blood. My wife loves Nikki Six, right? That's her favorite rock star. Um, so that was great. That's my third. And Taylor was there, my daughter. So number two is the Monsters of Rock Tour 1988, uh, which was in Toronto, uh, CNE. It was, uh, yeah, 1988, I said. Uh, Monsters of Rock, it was Van Halen, Scorpions, Metallica, Dawkin, and Kingdom Come. And that was a show, my friend. Holy cow. Yeah, that was good. That Yeah, that was And 88, so, Metallica was, was uh, just before were, Justice, right? Or Justice played, came out in 87, didn't they? No, they played two songs from oh, And yeah. Justice. That hasn't been released yet. They played Harvester of Sorrow and... Uh, dun, dun, Blackened. Dun, dun, dun. Black, was it Black? Or One, probably. No, it wasn't One. Mm. Anyway, I can't remember. But I remember they played Harvester of Sorrow. Maybe it was Blackened. Anyway, they played they played those two, and the album wasn't released yet, and it sounded great. That was just a great show, and a gr- we took a bus there. The people we were with were amazing. We had pretty good seats. It was just everything about that night was amazing. I'd go, I'd go back to that again. That's number two. Number one, 1979. My parents took me to see Kiss, the last tour with the original members. So this was, like, monumental. Not only was it the last tour with, like, Peter Chris in there in original times, it was uh, – is in Toronto and I was just a wee little dude man singing along to every we were right on the aisle so I was standing in the aisle just singing along to every song and that made me want to play guitar more than anything I don't think I I don't think I stopped talking about Kiss after that at all like after I saw them live when I was like it was like seven years old or something I I was just baptized by fire man I think it's amazing how that band has connected so many people and I mean a lot of people well, aren't afraid to talk about how shitty they are either, but uh, but it's also like just that connection over Kiss that everyone has that's in that ah. sort of realm. It's it's quite something. Well, so, Mike was me- Mike was mentioning Edge there, um, Adam, yeah, yeah, WWE wrestler. And when I met him, it was a super super hot night in uh, Toronto. We were seeing Pearl Jam, London, London, Ontario, yeah, London. You you invited us all in there. You were running the show, and uh, yeah, I was talking talk talking to adam edge and uh just asked we we're just shooting the shit kiss came up and he's like yeah, you like kiss i was like yeah i love kiss he's like, yeah right nobody likes kiss i was like what yeah i love kiss and so he's like favorite song and i was like mr speed he goes fuck off you're, you're, you're screwing with me right and i was like what what because mr speed is a very under you know very lesser known song by kiss so apparently that was his favorite kiss song too and i don't know if he's pulling me a leg on that but he seemed really he actually had my he yelled at my wife across the room and asked her what my favorite kiss song was she's mr speed and then he was just like oh my fuck buddy he gave me a great like oh dude <clears throat> it was pretty cool so that was real so yeah so kiss man we bonded over kiss and moving to kingston here oh no same thing i'm froze again oh you're frozen i'm frozen again i think it's just something can can you hear me oh, yeah, oh there we yeah. go yeah. i think somebody's texting in me. kingston yeah well, i think somebody's texting me when that happens because that happens to me sometimes when i'm teaching yeah um kiss yeah kiss and uh the the hemp's the hemp store the cannabis store when there were the kiss shirt on all of a sudden you know two of the employees there are like oh dude how's it going man can i help you you know the really nice comic book store same thing the old guy in there's like oh you like kiss do you and i started telling him i've been to see them play started telling me the shows he saw this guy was a real old guy this was a really older dude but it's amazing um because when i was younger man i got you know chastised for liking kiss a lot by some people oh i'm freezing again no we're good yeah we're good man 
Good, 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 good. Okay, so one more. Are you ready for this last one? Sure, man. Trilogies. Trilogies of questions. This is your favorite three, top three, Kevin Smith dialogue moments. Now, uh, what I'm going to do, Brent, is I'm going to, there's so many to choose from, right? Like, and not one-liners. Don't suck any dicks on the way to the parking lot. No one-liners. Right. Um, obviously not the kids on the escalator one, kid on the escalator one. Um, I'm going to look at this. I'll go first. So you can see how I'm going at this. I'm going to look at this from my comic book geek standpoint. Okay. So my comic, my inner comic book geek is going to pull out my three favorite Kevin Smith dialogue moments in order. Here we go. Number three is um, from Clark clerks Two, which I need to watch again because we were discussing that and I got to see it again, but I love the whole uh, Lord of the Rings, star Wars, uh, you know, uh, there's, yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, that is so good. I just watched that segment again. And it's so good. Like I highly recommend seeing that. That was great with between Randall and Randall and Elias. Um, number two is obviously the tracer part, man. Oh, that is just cool. At the beginning, at the beginning of chasing Amy, chasing Amy. Yeah. How, the tracing thing. I still got to ask him how he came up with that. That's like my, my dream question for Kevin Smith. Um, other than, Hey man, want to go out for a beer <laughs> or do you want to go back and smoke one? Um, so number one, it's a Stan Lee moment. Like he, Brody asked him all the questions we wanted to ask him ourselves, right? The thing is, you know, is this dork made of rock too? Um, yeah, there's so there they are in order, man. I got the uh, El, the Lord of the Rings versus Star Wars. I've got the uh, Tracer, and we've got the Stan Lee convo. Okay, well, um, I I have to go uh, number one. I love the um, I love the scene that he wrote with. Um, randall and dante when they're in jail and clerks too mm -hmm. and so um it, it just was a great moment between them um when randall's like what's your problem man like you've got everything you need right here it's the quick it's the quick stop and it's this subtle little thing anyone watching it wouldn't really understand what it's all about but it really culminates like years and years of friendships there mm -hmm. and, it, and i think anyone in the planet that's ever had a fight with a friend of theirs watching that and i just love the way he wrote it Mm -hmm. And it spoke to me personally at that time because I think you and I were having a little riff at that time. And I think I remember oh. watching it and I was going like, okay, wow. that was a tough one for, that was a tough one to watch because because it was just tough for me because I was like. It wasn't the donkey I'm, scene, was it? No, <laughs> it wasn't the donkey scene. No, no, no. <laughs> but I was the Dante to your Randall at that moment. Oh, wow. Like, well, that's yeah, cool it was when very you interesting. should do that, right? Yeah, that was an interesting one. And I, it's always stuck with me on that. Um, number two, um, you know, I loved in Chasing Amy when when she's ripping on Affleck. Mm -hmm. She's like, uh, you know, you're not, you know, I you might want this, you might want us all to sleep together, you might want this, you might want that, but you you don't know, you know, you know, I, what if I like this? What if I like that? And, what if I know, make a different noise? What if gets I gets up and he leaves leaves the room or whatever, and and, and it just and I thought, what a way to write, uh, you know, just leading to so, that final scene. That final scene is so. See, I like yeah. that one on another level. I see where yeah, you're that going. That was a at. really that was a really great one. Um, wow. So what's your number one? Your number one well, Kevin Smith dialogue. I mean, number one moment. was that clerks two scene. Sorry. Oh, number, sorry. Okay. So yeah. Number three, and, then, uh, and then, um, and I, I really love. I just love everything in Chasing Amy. So, um, I. It's a tough. It's a tough one there. I, I think Joey Lauren Adams was was just perfectly cast for that role. So. I mean, I I don't know if it's a, if I'm able to. Um, to say uh, like a whole movie, but I just love, I just love the, the how that movie was written, man. That's mm -hmm. just, it's just, it's just it's super I love impressive. How that, I love how that movie was written, and I and I think he, he nailed it. So Clerks too, 
for me uh, that that scene um the end scene in in, in uh, chasing amy for me and then i guess the whole movie just as a whole i just there's a there's so many great lines in that movie that i just yeah. you know when when he's trying to when they're they're on the swing together and she's you know she's telling him like attributes and stuff mm-hmm. like, jesus mm-hmm. Christ. like it's just yeah. just the way it was written was just yeah, it was really well done so, super yeah. well done and, and on the kevin smith note too i was mentioning to you that i have a couple clerks figures from way back mm. and i wonder if kevin smith would think i should open them or keep them in the package well, i'm sure they're always going to vote to keep it in the package but you think uh, so what, but you know that i my question Someone's about at that, my door one second there's, yeah. there's someone at the door Door music, do, 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 do. Anyways, so Chris is answering the door to see what's going on. Uh, we are uh, wrapping up the Kids on the Escalator podcast shortly here with a few Sorry. last minute subjects. And we touched a bit on- uh, Sorry about that. So, rapid so you think, fire questions, yeah. You think they would, you think he would want me to open them? Or do you think he'd want me to keep no, them? I think he'd want you to keep them sealed. Yeah. You think so? I think he'd be like, ah, open the damn things. Then they, you'd see them behind me. Remember 40 year old virgin? He was like, don't yeah yeah i don't know i still got stuff i still got all this stuff all the justice league stuff you gave me 20 years ago it's still in the box it's in my little guy's room and he wants to play with them but i'm like nope you know i think mike Mike touched on it a couple weeks ago when he wouldn't let his kid open up any of the air hog stuff so air hogs that's what it was yeah so we got one more segment here or what yeah sure man we'll go to one more and then i'm gonna jump and go pick up my daughter that's great okay so let's uh so comic books excuse me comic books you know okay how much money do you think comic books, digital and physical, brought in last year? Off the top of my head, yep. I mean, uh, this is a good good one because I don't know how many, how often. Oh, this year, twenty twenty would be tough because people aren't really going to the stores. Well, but we, let's go back to 19, 2019, I would say maybe a billion dollars. One point two one billion dollars. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's now, crazy. Right now, the comics are actually, even though you can't go to get them. Dude, you can get them delivered, man. Like there's, there's now they're back, right? Um, yeah. Some people have subscriptions that come in the mail all the time. The digital comics, um, you can get those anytime you want, right? Like digital comics are available yeah. all the time. You can uh, pop those, download them, or just view them on there. But um, right now, a lot of people are buying a comic books because you can't go to the movies and there's not as much new stuff mm. coming out, right? The Star Wars comics, they are filling all the gaps, as I mentioned before. The Darth Vader book right now, if you're listening, sorry, if you're not going to be able to see this, but Darth Vader number seven. If you're a new comic book collector and you want to pick up something, you're like, wow, Spider-Man's at 700 and something. This Darth Vader series is at number seven. And this goes in between Empire and Return of the Jedi. Basically, what I've seen so far in this is Palpatine just giving Vader the shits, man. It's just, he's so mean to Vader. Like, they basically make him a hero. So the newest Vader that came out here last week, it's already doubled in price, Okay. Um, it's going to go up even more because there was a deleted scene in the newest movie, uh, Rise of the Skywalker, or Rise of Skywalker. And when Kylo Ren went to get the uh, hol- hol- holocron, is what it should be called, what they call it, a wayfinder? To get the wayfinder, there should have been there should have been thing something from the Avengers, right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. There should have been a creature guarding that off the beginning, and it was called Webbish Bug. The eye of Webbish Bog. And here he is. Again, if, you, if you're not visually, you know, look at this guy, Brent. Look how nutty he is. It's a bug on a head. You see that thing? Rad. So this bug on a head was supposed to be guarding the holocron on the thing planet. from the right? Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah on, on this planet. Um, but they didn't have it in there. They cut, the scene was filmed, but they cut it out. 
This comic book shows all that. So it's already doubled in price. One other one you want to look for is uh, Strange Academy. And it's Doctor Strange, who we all know from the Marvel movies. But he's opened up like a Harry Potter type school. And of course, hilarity ensues, right? Um, but that one, the first issue of that came out in March. Uh, so that's not too old. It's only up to issue like number four because we had the shutdown. But the first issue, it was sold. It sells uh, four bucks originally in March. It's already going for between eighty and hundred dollars on eBay. And that's how much like did you get that Vader? Reasonable. This Vader right here is five dollars. Three ninety nine American. It's this up to one? ten bucks now. You said this is up to twelve. This is wow. twelve dollar comic now, and that's just a week. That's just in a week. So as a comic collector, these are the ones that you're like score. You know what I mean? Like um, Deadpool number one. Or not Deadpool number one, the first appearance of Deadpool, which is like New Mutants. Ah, I'm gonna really get for this one. Ninety-seven. Ah, oh, they are too. It's ninety. Anyway, I have it, and I bought it way back in the day for a dollar twenty-five or something, and that makes you proud. That that's it's, all. How the, much like, is it worth now? Oh, I'd say like seven hundred bucks. It's mint too, like just brand new, brand new. I have a couple like that. that Chris doesn't live in Kingston. He lives in St. Catharines. <laughs> all my all my really nice books are in. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the awesome, buddy. Right, so, so my favorite comic of all time has got yeah. Death in the Family. Oh, um, I mean, I'm a DC guy, so DC for me, uh, DC and Marvel. Uh, I, I bought a little bit of Marvel, but I was more of a DC guy. I love Superman, um, love Batman, detective comics, all that stuff, action comics, loved it all. Uh, but the, uh, you know, the the Death in the Family series. Um, so much came great. out of that too, yeah, right? Yeah, so Everybody much. I thought Robin was dead. But he he didn't yeah. die. They put, he put in the Lazarius pit, and he came back and uh, was really pissed at Batman. Why didn't you kill the Joker, man? You picked yeah. him over me, the Red Hood. Oh, what a great what a great yeah. uh, character! I loved it, loved it, loved it. And uh, so I just noticed yesterday. I just noticed. Yeah. I was I was looking online for stuff. I was on uh, on Xbox and I was going through mm -hmm. some stuff. And I noticed they have a Death in the Family on Xbox that I thought was like a digital comic, or I thought it was like they animated it and turned it into like a comic, like like an actual cartoon. But it's a choose your own adventure. Oh, right. And right. I was like, wow, but I, it was like eight bucks. And I was like, I don't, it's not getting great reviews, but I was like, that would have been rad to show. Um, I showed, um, I showed my little guy that and he was like, oh, why is he holding Robin? I'm like, oh, you gotta, you're gonna have to read it, but it's pretty violent. But yeah, well, the scene where Joker's just whacking him over and over again and laughing his friggin' head off. And then now they're showing like behind the scenes parts where, where like Robin's like, apparently it was like just don't don't kill me i'll do whatever you want you know i'll be your robin just mm -hmm. you know he's begging for his life and stuff and it's just oh the joker is such a piece of shit he's like one of the best villains ever, ever. which brings us the, the three jokers book it's the three episodes um the cards are just in there see them right there there's three yeah. cards right here yeah those are from the comic books and it's a three joker theory that there was three different jokers like three Talk physical that, people. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, can't, I can't, no spoilers for that. But again, just a great, a great Joker book. Um, and and say, I was mentioning to you uh, earlier there too, that Batman and Spider-Man are still the top selling comic books. Like, as they should be to me. I, yeah. As they should be. I was also a Ghost Rider guy too. And, and uh, yeah, but the I- new version's doing well. I just think, I mean, Batman's so rad. He's a, such a great character. He's rad. But I my point is like, they haven't created it. Well, Deadpool will probably be the newest, but yeah. the boys maybe, but there's no none of these iconic heroes. Like I tried to find out how much money Spider-Man has made, like the character, and I couldn't find it anywhere in line or Batman. They were just telling me how much number one issue was worth, but uh, that'd be interesting. But man, I tell you, these these guys that were created back in the 60s and 50s, they're they're still legit. You know what I mean? It's like music, right? 
Always. Still holds up, my friend. Still holds up. Everybody out on Cyberland watching this uh, today. Thanks. We're going to do this more often. Why not? Have some fun with it. Go live. Might even add some things in there. And some. Mike brought some sound effects last time and all the rest of it. And Chris will, you know, normally has his guitar on. But this has been another episode of the uh, Kids on the Escalator podcast, oh, which dude, you can dude, find wait. on all platforms. Oh, Chris has got more. Sorry, oh. sorry, sorry. We have a winner from our first contest. We do. The first contest. Totally forgot to mention that. The first contest that we had was yes. you have to tell us where we got the name Kids on the Escalator mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. And the winner is, drum roll. Winner is James Shaw from Janetville, Ontario. Janetville, Ontario. In the Janetville, house. Ontario. I James think I bought Shaw. beer from there before. I used to work at the IGA there and got oh, canned. For, and I got canned for not ratting out a bunch of dudes that came in and um, oh. I, I, they, 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 they cracked open some feed and threw it all over the place. And they came oh, that was nice. Me. You know those guys? And I'm was, like, was Dent? I, was Dent one of those guys? No. I was going to no. say, did one of your friends come in and fart and stink up the place and then you got fired? Because I wouldn't know who that guy was. Was Dan. I would have definitely ratted him out. You yes. know, on that side of it. That Bold damn ass of his. Um, so, so, James Shaw, you're going to win some he stuff. Won. Yeah. So he, he won a, a print from Machete Comics. And he won... Um, I'm still waiting for the prize pack from Super Zuka, but don't worry, it'll come. This is one of their shirts as well from the company. Mm. Um, it's coming, James. It's coming. So it'll probably be... Uh, I don't know what it'll be from Super Zuka. Something cool, but you're also going to get a nice large print from machete comics and i know and i want to take a moment to show everybody what you're working on if you can do you have anything in front of you right now oh, i don't dude and it's all like on the other side in my nice drawer put away so but chris next has week, got a, next chris time got i'll a, give yeah chris has everybody got a great, uh, great new show a great new comic on the way out through machete comics called it's called skeletron and i, I have actually one sec oh, yeah. okay so this is before the editor right okay this is skeletron this is going to be released uh, January 1st, digital comic, and it's ready to go. Like, there's there's no holding this up, man. It's coming out. I'm so excited. Yeah. So, okay, Skeletron. Everyone has a dark side, a little bit of evil in them. What if it was flammable and someone or something lit a match to it all? And what if the children that were sacrificed to create this movement didn't die as planned, but survived as strange new beings out for vengeance? Skeletron, am I dead? That's the script. Do you have the uh, actual picture of him though? No, I, I, I don't. I'm sorry. I really like, dude, I keep so, I keep really good care of it. It's all, all so right. if it's downstairs in the computer office getting scanned. January 1st, it's coming. Yeah. Oh, but if people want to see it, um, Instagram, yeah. Chris Machete, uh, Facebook, Machete Comics. Basically, if you put Chris Machete in Google, you're going to find a plethora of all kind of cool things that I like to do. Excellent. Yes, there's tons. He, plus, he did my logo in the stuff, and he's drew, he drew our comic stuff, and he did the logo for Brenton on Tour podcast, hey, and a whole bunch of things. Always doing commissions. So. Always doing commissions, man. Check them out. Uh, join us next week, my friends, whether we be live or on the air in your ears. We'll be there. That's Chris Machete. I'm Brenton from the Brenton on Tour podcast, which you can hear every Wednesday on all the platforms as well yeah, as this. Yeah, where's that? Join me this week. I got the amazing. Are you ready for this? Fred Penner joining oh! me this week on Wednesday, children's performer that we grew up on and uh, a Canadian icon. He's going to join me. Uh, that guy is rad. We You're going to get him of... to play some Slayer, aren't you? Oh, gonna I want to get him to play some Slayer on that guitar, but anyway. Play some Slayer! Uh, that's going to be Wednesday. All platforms, including DeanBlendell.com, uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your stuff, as Dean well Blundell. as this podcast. You can find it there. 
all 100 of you listeners that are now subscribed. I love having 100 listeners, man. That's great. Amazing. Thank you so much, everybody. We will see you next week on Kids on the Escalator podcast. That is Christmas. Good times, Brad dudes. All right. Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.